This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you are able, I want you to stand with me. We're going to look at Psalm 63. And uh, just going to look right now at one verse, but we'll refer to many throughout the course of the message today. And uh, so Psalm 63, verse 1, we'll look in the New Living Translation. The Bible says this, Oh God, you are my God. David said, I earnestly search for you. My soul, it thirsts for you. My whole body, to be more specific, longs for you. In this parched and weary land, where there is no water. So for the last six weeks, beginning on uh, July 26, Pastor Benny um, began a series entitled The Holy Spirit is for You. The Holy Spirit is for you. And uh, that, that is the case. The Holy Spirit is for you. He didn't name the series The Holy Spirit is for them. He said, the Holy Spirit is for you. There's not a denomination that has a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. It's not just for a few, it's for all. The Holy Spirit is for you. We know uh, that the Bible says that God the Father, he's always been on the throne. He hadn't left the throne. We know the Son came down to earth, lived his life, died on the cross for our sins, paid the price. He was resurrected. He lives. And then he ascended to the Father. He told the disciples, I got to go away because if I don't go away, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, my spirit will not come into this earth and it will not dwell with you. And we know that he went away because Stephen, uh, the Bible tells us that he sat down at the right hand of the father but see even when he was being stoned he saw the lord standing he stood for him he gave him a standing ovation for the life that he lived for god so we know that the holy spirit is here the holy spirit is in each and every one of us the holy spirit is for you and he's for us to know and experience in a greater way it's critically important in today's message, it's not a part of the series, but I didn't want to deviate from where we were. I, truthfully, my heart and my life is focused on that as well. I, I've took pastor's uh, emphasis serious, and I've said, God, what do you have for me? I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so today's message is simply entitled, Reach for More. Reach for More. And that's what I would encourage you to do, is reach for more of the Holy Spirit in your life. God began to birth this message on my heart just a few weeks ago. I began to uh, read scriptures like the one we just read in Psalm 63 about the psalmist and the heart of the psalmist and yearning and longing and craving for more of God's presence. And I was in the back of the room on one Sunday, this is a couple Sundays ago in the early service, and the worship team was leading in worship, and I was just focused uh, in the back, and I was singing in my own heart, my own uh, mind back there. And somebody came over to me, and they whispered in my ear, and they slid something down into my pocket, and they said, my wife and I just want you to have this. They put it in my coat pocket. And so, I mean, you know, I, you can't really feel your coat pocket, you know? So I was like, I thanked them, and I, you know, I was wondering, like, what is it? What, what is this? It's like, like a nice card or something. Maybe it's a $20 bill. 
like feel like God might be in that right there. I'm, you know, I was like, maybe it's two twenties. Like who knows what God's going to do. I was just believing. I was believing what God was working in my pocket. And, uh, yeah, I know it. And so I was just sitting there and I was kind of, it was really silly. And and finally it was like something slapped me and just said, you idiot, it's yours. He's already given it to you. It's in your pocket, reach in your pocket and take it out. And so I was like, that's a good idea. So I reached in my pocket and I pulled out of my pocket a coin. And the coin had the face of Jesus on it. And I thought, man, that $20, I felt really stupid for praying for that. I was like, this is better, so much better. A reminder of the Lord. And it was as if God spoke to me there and he said, you know what? That's just like the Holy Spirit in your life. I've already given it to you. I've already given it to you. Now reach for it. Reach for it in your life. Reach for it in your heart. Reach for more. And see, I know that if you're like me, uh, you know, anytime we get a directive of what to do, it's more important. Maybe the what is, is as important as the why. Why? Why are you encouraging me today, pastor, to reach for more? Why are you encouraging me to do that? Because isn't coming to church enough? I'm here today for God's sakes when, when it, maybe it's more popular to stay at home. I'm here today. Isn't that enough? Isn't it enough that I'm involved in a Sunday school class or I'm involved in a small group or, or pastor, I, I mean, I'm clicking the give button, pastor. Leave me alone about it. Like, I, isn't it enough that, that I'm, I'm doing this? Isn't it enough of all that I'm trying to do for the Lord? Isn't that enough? And I'm here to tell you today that that's just simply misguided focus. It's not a replacement for the Holy Spirit. It's not a replacement for reaching for more. You see, the why, the first why is the Holy Spirit is how we know God. The Holy Spirit is how we know God. See, we get to know Jesus and God the Father through an intimate experience and intimate experiences with his Spirit. With the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said it this way in John 14, 26. He said, but the Holy Spirit will come and he will help you because the Father will send the Spirit, I love this, to take my place. What did the Spirit do? What did Jesus do? It pointed to God the Father. What will the Spirit do in your life? He will lead you to the Father. He will take you to Jesus. He will expose you to his presence and he will rock your world with what you find there. He said, the Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of what I said while I was with you. We need the Holy Spirit of God in our life. It's how we know God. And it cannot be substituted by religious efforts. It can't be substituted by just coming to church or doing your duty or checking the box off or or being kind to people or or being friendly to to the, the homeless person or giving a dollar here or a dollar there. It can't be substituted with acts of our religion. Anne Graham Lotz, the daughter of the great Billy Graham, she said this. She said, I think of religion as man's attempt to reach God. And you can't do that. See, religion is never going to be the channel by which you reach God. It's never going to happen because you check a box and you go through a religion uh, and uh, works and efforts. That's like the Pharisees. It's how we work and we do these religious works. It's never going to take the place of God. 
It's never going to take the place of an experience with the Holy Spirit because we reach God through an intimate, personal relationship with his Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit's how we know God, but second, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. We've talked about Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where the Bible points out the fruits of the Spirit. And it says that they are love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And all I would ask is, couldn't you use a little more of those things? Couldn't you use a little more love in your heart? Couldn't you use a little more joy in your life, joy that overcomes the circumstances that you're placed in? Couldn't you use a little more peace when you're going through all the turmoil that this life can throw at you, but you can have peace that surpasses understanding because you serve the Prince of Peace? Couldn't you use a little bit more self-control? Man, I know I could. I mean, that Dunkin' Donuts just draws to me. Get thee behind me, Satan. And then there's one back there too. I think they're everywhere. You know, I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need more of who he is. Because see, listen, when we choose to not have more, when we choose to only get just a little bit or what we've gotten or what we've been leaning on for years, what we say is, I don't need any more power to overcome in my life. I don't need any more strength to endure the trials that I'm facing. I'm good. I don't need any more peace in my heart to feel. I don't need any more love to give to people. See, without him, we have no joy to express, no patience to offer, and no self-control to guard us from self-destruction. No ability to say no to the things that are destroying our life. See, we need to understand the why is you need the Holy Spirit. But third, the reason you need more and you need to reach for more is because there is so much more. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you to reach for something that's tapped out. You know what? I wouldn't tell you to reach for a God who just has barely enough to get you by. God's up in heaven like, oh, I hope they don't ask me for more because I am about tapped out. <laughs> like, that's never come out of his mouth. Like, he's not struggling to get together enough to help you limp through this life. Paul said it this way in Ephesians 3.20. He said, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. The Bible says in King James, says exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. We just sang the song just moments ago about how there's more than I could ask or seek, more than I could fathom. It says, I find all I need here in your presence, Lord. There's always abundantly more. There's abundantly more. In Job chapter 11, verse 7, it says, can you solve the mysteries of God? Can you discover everything about the Almighty? Such knowledge is higher than the heavens. It's deeper than the underworld. It's broader than the earth and wider than the sea. That's the God that you serve. He is so much more than you even can imagine because there is no limit to God. 
There is no limit. There will never be. I don't care how many years you've served the Lord. I don't care for how long that you've pursued God in your own life. You will never get to a day where you can check the box and say, got it. I'm good. I know all there is to know about God. I've experienced everything he has for me. I'm good. You will always be experiencing more and more and more about who he is because there's so much more of who he is. There's always abundantly more. Is more. The great Scottish Bible expositor, Alexander McLaurin, he said this. He said, we may have as much of God as we will. Christ puts the key of the treasure chamber into our hand and bids us take all that we want. If a man is admitted into a vault of a bank and told to help himself and he comes out with one cent, whose fault is it that he is poor? Whose fault? Folks, the Holy Spirit is our key to a treasure vault of experiences and blessings from the presence of the Lord. He is our key, and you've been granted full access to him, and you can come to him and take all that you need. And why is it that we sit and we come and we go and we never have enough and we live our lives poor, spiritually poor? Why is it that we're satisfied so little. Why is it? Because there's always more. And I ask you, don't you want more? Like if somebody said, I've got more for you, it's free, it's yours, it's already bought, paid for, already in your pocket, would you just like to reach in and take more? Wouldn't you like to say, sure, that's a good idea. Why is it that we say, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'll just stay poor. See, there's so much more. See, not only why, but how. How do I reach for more? First is to acknowledge that you need more. See, you're never going to reach for something that you don't know you lack. You're never going to pursue something that you don't first realize there is a deep void in your heart and in your life. And I'm not just talking about for the person that's lost and don't have a relationship with the Lord. I'm talking to the believer and the Christian as well. Because we settle, Christians. We settle. We, we get saved and we act like that's it. And that's all God wants from us. And I'm good. And I can just sit back here and I can do nothing. And I can just, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And I can just rest on it. There's so much more that God has for you, Christian. So much more that he wants you to experience his presence and pursue him and hunger and thirst for him. Jesus said in John 15 and 5 when he was talking to his disciples, he said, I am the vine, guys. You are the branches. And if you'll remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. All that fruit of the Spirit, all we got to do is remain in him and we're going to have a lot of it. But apart from me, that's where it gets us. If you just settle for a little, you can do nothing. Let me be real clear. If you separate from me, if you say I just, I'm good with just a little, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Aren't you tired of nothing? Aren't you tired of feeling nothing? Aren't you tired of being in the presence of God and experiencing nothing? Isn't it old 
Don't you wonder what the other guy's feeling and thinking and what they're experiencing? And don't you think like, hey, I wish I had some of what they've got. Aren't you tired of being empty inside? Aren't you tired of having no strength to overcome the battles that you're faced with? See, our victory begins when we acknowledge that we need more. I need more, God. That's the first step. John spoke about the last church age in Revelation. Revelation chapter 3, he talked to us. This is us. And he said that we say, our last church age, we say that we are rich. We have everything we want. We don't need a thing. And God says, but you don't realize that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. When will we acknowledge, hey, the Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit is for me. And I acknowledge I need more of him. Not only do we have to acknowledge, but second, we've got to long for more. See, I, I, our longings, it begins as we start to acknowledge. Because see, I'm just convinced when we start realizing that there's more to be had, you're going to start wanting more. When you really start looking around and you see people that have joy you don't have, Peace you don't feel. Love you don't know how to share. Patience that you can't give. Self-control that you've never experienced. Don't you think that will begin to say, I wish I had a little bit of that. I long for more of that. I long. I want to have more of that in my life. I want to have more power and more strength and more peace. I want to have more love and more joy, more patience, more self-control so that I can stay away from the things that are killing me. I want more. I long for more. Because when we think about what it would be like to have more, it creates a longing in our heart. Start longing for more. Peter said in 1 Peter 2, first part, he said, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk, so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. He said you got to crave, and that crave is to long for something, but then the definition goes on with implications of recognizing that there's a lack. Peter said, hey, listen, you got to crave because you feel something's missing. You know that there's something missing, that there's more to be had in who God is, and there's something uneasy about you, and you get thirsty, and you get hungry, and you start craving for food. You crave for the the Word of God and for the presence of God in your life. Just like the psalmist said in Psalms, Psalms 42, he said this, he said, as the deer longs for streams of water, so God, I long for you. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? God, I hunger and I thirst for you. See, but we've so oftentimes gotten saved and just content. A.W. Tozer said concerning salvation, He said, Christ may be received without creating any special love for him in the soul of the receiver. He said, it's sad, but the man is saved. But he is not hungry. 
nor thirsty after God. In fact, he is specifically taught to be satisfied and encouraged to be content with little. Why is it that we are so content with little? When we serve and we are a child of the king, we are a child of the king of kings and the Lord of lords with limitless access to all that he is and he bids us to come and drink deep from him. And yet we say, no, I'm good with just a little. I'm good with just a little. See, we've got to long for more. And third, we've got to ask for more. You've got to ask for more. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. It's so important that we realize that God's a gentleman. He said in Revelation, he said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I knock on the door. God's not just going to sit back and just say, hey, if they'll keep coming six more times to church on the seventh time, I'm going to pour it out on them. (laughs) They won't even know it's going to happen and they're not even going to want it, but I'm going to dump it on them. God's not going to do it. Not going to do it. Unless my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then, then, and only then, will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and I'll heal their land. See, we've got to ask, seek, knock, reach, for more. It's not going to just come to you. God will let you live your entire life just how you want to live it. He's a gentleman. He'll let you sit back and try it your own way. He'll let you sit back and just eat crumbs off the table of the king if that's what you choose to do. You've been invited to the table. You've been given a spot at the table. And he's bidding for you to come, begging for you to come. He's got limitless amounts for you. There's so much more for you. Would you not just come? Ask God. God, I want more of you. I'm not content with just the little bit that I have. I need so much more of you. Tozer said, let any man turn to God in earnest and the results will exceed anything he may have hoped in his leaner and weaker days. But will you ask God for more? Choice is ours. You know, there's a reason. There's a reason our pastors focus the attention of our church that Holy Spirit is for you. He said it's probably a series that he'll spend three months, maybe longer on, driving our attention to the Holy Spirit, to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Surely to God, you're not going to let all that time and all that focus and all that effort be poured out every single Sunday into your ears and then walk out the door and not internalize it and say, God, what are you trying to say to me? 
You brought me here for a reason. And this pastor is pouring out that the Holy Spirit is for me. I need more of him in my life and I'm going to reach for more. I'm not content with just a little. The entire vault has been opened up to me and I'm not going to live a poor life. There's so much more. R.T. Kendall said this. He said, the difference between wanting more from God and wanting more of God is subtle, but vitally important. See, the problem is evident in much of the church today. We want more from God, but we don't necessarily want more of God. Wanting more from God is to use him to accomplish your goals. Wanting more of God is to desire him for who he is in himself. Wanting more from God places the focus on ourselves. Wanting more of God means getting to know who he is. Wanting more from God is to dignify your own agenda. But wanting more of God is to dignify his will. And I ask you today, what are you going to do? What are you going to do for the three months while our pastor says the Holy Spirit is for you? What are you going to do? Just say, I hope the guy down the aisle gets it. Boy, he needs it. Really hope he's listening. Are you going to say no? Apparently God's trying to get something to me. Apparently God's saying there's more. And I don't have all I need. And I'm going to pursue the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm going to pursue the manifested presence of God in my everyday life. I'm going to pursue and push in until I find him. And once I find him, I'm going to push in and find more of him and more of him and more of him. And there is no limit to how far that will take you. Because I believe God's always tried and trying to get our attention to reveal himself, to expose us to more and more and to communicate to us. But see, we, we can't hear. But we were created with the unbelievable ability to hear God, to experience God, to walk with God. And see, if you're a believer, eternal life has begun for you. There is no second death for you. You are alive now for good. <laughs> it's time to live. Why not live with more joy and more peace and more patience? We don't have to wait to the other side. We don't have to wait to when we all get to heaven. We can start living now and living the fullness of God and experiencing all that God has for us and to continue to be the light to this lost world. Why not start now? You can experience more if you'll just reach. It's already yours. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, 
It's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin, and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know, this decision is not based on how you feel right now. Because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.